0: No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast using adult language. Consider yourself warned.
1: Galaxy Mechware podcast number 14. My name is Bill and I'll be your host tonight. It is February 8th, 2012, and again, I've got the crew with me and a special guest. So, Darren, you want to kick off shout outs?
0: Yeah, this is uh, Darren, aka Bombadil. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to my family uh, as well as my buddies in World of Tanks, and I think I'm going to continue with uh, giving a shout out to our top 10 international listeners uh these are the top 10 countries that are listening to our podcast so i'll just go through it real quick it's belgium canada australia germany portugal ireland finland bulgaria united kingdom and sweden so thank you guys and uh if you don't see your country in there rally the troops do it brandon who do you got tonight
2: uh, yes, uh, my name is Brandon, also known as Kell, and tonight I want to give my shout-outs to my good friend Belric, uh, my fellow ACES members, uh, Mr. Mason Grimm, who's joining us today,
1: and all our listeners in the chat room right now. All right, Craig, last time you didn't have one because you hated everyone. Has that changed?
3: Yeah, it's totally changed. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to our guest this week, Propwash. Uh, really cool guy. It was an honor to meet him. Um, I salvate at the chance of one day perhaps experiencing Battletech inside one of the mech pods. (laughs) So it was really cool to uh, meet him and find out that that is very much still possible someday in the future, that these pods are still out there being used. Uh, And they're actually expanding on, he just put out a press release, they're adding a new game to it, which is cool. I also want to give a shout out to Alex, our engineer. He's uh, down with the internet blues. We should hopefully have him back shortly. But, uh, yeah, I miss him. He's one of my directors in EVE. And he's a really good guy. So I hope he comes back soon.
1: Yes, we miss you, buddy. And sorry, your internet sucks balls. I second that or third that or whatever. It's just not the same. I mean, we need some anger in our lives and... You complete us. I'm just too happy these days. <laughs> all right, and uh, I'd like to I'd like to say thanks to all our listeners. Um, right now, um, I think we've got around 20 or 30 uh, listeners again, and they're still coming in, um, in in droves right now. So again, you guys have been awesome. Uh, appreciate the, the feedback. Um, it's I uh, I mean it's this has gone. Well, past our, our expectations. I mean, when, when me and Darren sat down and thought about this. So, uh, appreciate you guys staying tuned every week and then giving us the feedback throughout the week. So, yep. Even though it sounds cheesy, we're
0: nothing without all you listeners. So, thank you. Um, so, this is going to go into NGNG news anything and everything NGNG. Uh, first thing uh, we'll announce today is that we have the first winter contest concluded so we have our winners for both the art and the story contest um i'd like to give a big congratulations to our first place art winner uh the shadow hawk by bernard ingsler um hopefully i got that right uh so great job uh, beautiful work um and amazing uh, work yeah and you want to tell them what the prize is
1: yeah, actually, he chose Portal, uh, which I've heard... Oh, I've actually played Portal. I haven't played the newest one, but I heard it's a blast, uh, so... I have maybe. not played it, but I've heard nothing but great things. Most definitely. Vilemon.
0: Congratulations. So then, uh, for our story, first place winner, uh, the title of the story was Blood of Our Brothers, and that was submitted by Damien Wolfe. So, uh, congratulations, Damien. That was also a wonderful work. I, You know, I really hope... Um, that we get some more of these happening and more participation. Um, but before I get off of Damien, uh, what is his prize?
1: Now he chose Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, um, which you know that was that was a, it's a, a classic a, game. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's a great game. Um, and you cool. know we'd like we'd like to thank Andrew uh, Harvey. He he's running this all the contest. This is out of his pocket until obviously you know we've got the donations now as well. Um, But stay tuned for future contests because we will be doing them literally probably within the next week or two uh, Because we got
0: some cool ideas planning stages are underway and yes. Thank you uh, Andrew Harvey for your hard work here. That was cool. And and hopefully like I said, we'll see more participation in the future contests So I'll move on to the next point of news. That is um, a reminder if you've got a unit uh, Yeah, who has a unit here? I do Um, (laughs) <laughs> we don't want to talk about your unit. So no. if you have a unit in uh, the upcoming MWO, you're planning on one, or you have one in current MWL or any other uh, incarnation of Mech Warrior, or whatever, um, or even if it's just in planning stages, go ahead and jump on our TeamSpeak team 3 server. The info is on our website. And um, talk to Sean Lang, uh, Phil here, and he'll set you up with a spot. You can get yourself set up as unit leader and have your logo and all that stuff on TeamSpeak 3. Um, so get that done. And uh, as I m- uh, announced last week, we still have a need for an intern uh, to do internet marketing and such. Um, I'll explain more to anybody that uh, qualifies and is interested. So if you have some basic HTML sp- uh, skills, FTP, and um, you know, I said last week, likable personality. I'm going to stick with that still. I'm Not quite desperate enough yet to get somebody that's an asshole. but uh, so if <laughs> not yet, if you, not yet. If you meet those uh, qualifications, go ahead and get a hold of me, Darren on uh, you can contact me through our website again. And then uh, last bit of news, I just want to uh, point out again that uh, we do have a new donations uh, button on our website. Um, if you can afford a dollar, ten dollars, hundred dollars, whatever, it's uh, you know going to uh, improving the show and uh, a little marketing and some giveaways and so forth in future shows. Um, so thank you to those that uh, did donate. Uh, thank you to Cayman, uh, Crazy <laughs> Ivan, Strudel, and uh, the others that donated. We really appreciate it. And uh, that's it for news today.
1: All right, guys, and we did mention contests, and I we'll just touch on this. One of the things we want to do will involve sexy female voices. So if you have a hot girlfriend, or she sounds hot, that'll work too. Uh, you know, just, just keep that in mind when you see our next uh, contest, because uh, we've got some ideas, and uh, we'll let you know on that. So... Let's move on to our special guest tonight. Um, His name is Michael, and he goes by Mason Grimm. Most of you guys know him on the MWO forums, and some love him, some hate him, some are just indifferent towards him. And uh, Michael, would you like to introduce yourself?
4: Well, you pretty much covered it. My name is Michael, and I go by Mason Grimm. I'd like to send a shout-out to my wife and a shout-out to my girlfriend. I hope they never meet. Uh, other than that, uh, I'm the mod over at uh, at MWO. I'm one of the mods, and I'm also the administrator of MechSpecs. Yeah, awesome. Check that out, uh,
0: MechSpecs. It's M E C H S P E C S dot com. Definitely worth uh, checking out.
1: Now, what is? Uh, can Can you just give a brief? You know, within a few, like, what is MechSpecs? If someone doesn't know, what is it? Well, aside from the next best
4: thing since sliced bread, it's, uh, it's pretty much the TRO for, or the, hopefully a potential TRO for MWO. I mean, a lot of guys will be building mechs and boasting that theirs is the best and most powerful out there, and that'll be the place to post it. You can also go there to find out module information. It's, it's kind of, and I know this is a touchy subject for a lot of you guys, but it's kind of the place to go for min-maxing.
1: Okay, so it's, you know, if that player, I'm new... I'm getting my ass whooped you know i go to this website oh so that's what they're doing that's the little setup those are the weapons that's the variant they're using this is the modules that sort of that sort of deal absolutely
4: i see uh Kerr there po- posted like battle clinic that's exactly uh like what it is
1: awesome and if you guys aren't familiar with what battle clinic is i mean well it spans a few different games but you know eve online utilizes it and it's basically you know you can post anything and everything as far as fits and you know you can get trolled and there's good stuff bad stuff and uh you know very very cool idea um i'd contacted mason a while back saying you know what do you guys got going on and he was like what do you guys got going on and you know some collaboration between our two projects and uh some really cool stuff and from the development so far what have you guys seen i mean what have you read into the whole there's variants, we haven't really got a con- confirmation exactly on the weapons, but what is some speculation just from what you've seen towards maybe the Mech Lab, and do you see customization as in, you know, uh, Mech 4, hardpoint, semi-quasi, or you're able to do whatever you want with the Mech, and blah blah blah, what, are, what, have, what have you seen, or are people's sort of thoughts on that, over at Mech Specs? Well,
4: the uh, the speculation right now is that, uh, well, first of all, the devs are being really tight-lipped about this. They're not releasing anything, and believe me, I've been trying to squeeze blood from that stone for like a week now. Um, I think what's going to end up happening is that, uh, f- from what I can tell, they'll probably release variants, and you'll be able to customize your mechs based on the way a variant is. So, for instance, if you have like a Marauder 2 and it's got the rockets in the torsos you'll be able to put missile, those will be missile hardpoints. If you've got a Marauder 2 and it's got beam weapons in the torsos, then you'll be able to put beam weapons in there. I I think it'll be variant based it will allow for some customization but it won't be like the open concept laser boat missile boat, whatever type of uh, war machines.
1: And obviously, you know, that's sort of what Mech 4 did and then, you know, Mech tech has obviously expanded on that through their iterations but you know i i I think you're probably right on um because you got to think it's sort of like what we talked about last time i mean if you're in a catapult but yet this other mech can have the same weapons and loadout and be a support mech as far as and it's maybe like the centurion what's the point of having all these different mechs when and and players min max right and so you want to minimize that but still have the player enjoy the game and a mech still to still hold its functionality on on the battlefield um so what i'm wondering is how you know you're able to replace that that srm or that missile launcher with another missile launcher i'm wondering what their numbers like is it going to be tonnage based you know is it going to be like crit space you know something like that um that way you can't just say oh well I can put a ton of PPCs on this and, you know, all large lasers and whatnot. So um, I I think you and me are on the same wavelength um, as far as that's concerned. Yeah, I'm
4: hoping they they keep it kind of true to tabletop. I mean, I'm a tabletop fan. I've been playing since second edition came out. Um, You know, it would be great to be able to see uh, a mixture of crit space and tonnage used. Because that would limit but allow for still you know, a, a fairly in-depth customization table and model, but it would still limit what people are able to do, which I think is a good thing.
3: Yeah, i got to agree with Michael here. And If they do go with the variance thing that we were talking about, it might be a good middle ground. It, it's sort of hard to put the genie back in the bottle now that people have been so used to being able to just customize mechs willy-nilly in the video games. Whereas that really wasn't how you could do it in the tabletop I menu. You could, if your friends were all alright with it, but uh, if you went strictly by the book, there were a lot of limitations on customization. And if not you do it by variance yeah, not to mention the models. If you do it by variance, at least you'll have mechs with like a large boar cannon in the arm. At least it'll be an auto cannon or some kind of big boar projectile weapon. And if it has, I think a you'll see diversity. Torso, at least some kind of missiles will be firing out of it. You know, I think that'll be alright.
1: I think diversity I think, is the biggest thing, you know, out of all this. And
0: specialization. What I see here is yeah. that people are going to pick the weapon type within, you know, a, a niche, uh, beam weapons or whatever, that suits their playing style the best. And, and there are different beam weapons that definitely have different playability. Um, you know, there's some in MWL, certain lasers or beam weapons that I love, and some that I can't stand. I can, can't hit the broad side of a barn with them. So, um, I Just lasers? Yeah. <laughs> No, every single weapon, but that's pointing that out. Um, But so what I see is, again, this is a unique opportunity. I I totally agree with Greg in that there's no way to put the genie back in the bottle. This is, you know, it's been done. It's going to happen. But they're minimizing it here, hopefully, and that's what it appears, and allows, again, for that, you know, specialization. Everything that they do really is about specialization, which I think is awesome, because I really do find... Roles that I like playing in games more than just being the everything, and so I just see this as one more step towards finding that role and really being selling at your your unique gift or role in the battlefield.
1: All right, so we don't go down this hole too far. Uh, Make sure you check out (laughs) MexSpecs.com, and uh, you know if you think you know, you know a good combination of weapons. Obviously, we're sort of limited on details right now obviously Um, but it's there it's fully loaded Uh, the cool thing too is the site looks pretty damn amazing Um, uh, and I I know that Michael you said you've been working on some different skins and whatnot so make sure you check it out It's on our website and again you know we'll have Michael on at a later date and he's always around the forums like he's like a forum Nazi ninja it's awesome so
4: I am the deleting ninja
1: All right, guys, we're going to move on to our Book of the Month discussion. And uh, like last week, we said we were going to spend about 10, 15 minutes on this, then move on. And So
0: So everybody, pull out your pipes, put on your uh, dinner jackets.
1: And uh, yeah, uh, if you have him, smoke him. So Decision at Thunder Rift. Um, We're going to be covering this within the next month. This is the first week, and tonight we're going to be covering chapters one through ten. Uh, chapters one through ten spans page 14 through 91 for those who've got their novels and uh, would like to just Which sort of means follow along. to those who have it on Kindle just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not. So, uh, you know, the book itself, um, you know, I've read it multiple times. Uh, it's, it's, in my opinion, I love the older series, and, and as far as Decision of Thunder Rift, it's it's a unique story, right? I mean, you're talking about um, basically what happens between the first uh, ten chapters is you have uh, Grayson, who's the main character. Um, he's around, what, 21, I think? I think that, that stage? Yeah, he's a young monk, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he's basically a son to a mercenary leader um, and. You know he's been out on, in basically they're on this like back ass world planet uh nothing's really going on he's in the city you know enjoying time with the sexy you know uh she's not she's like the ambassador's daughter or something like this and uh it, it creates some issues and stuff later on but um it, Basically, what happens is they get betrayed, and based, uh, you know Grayson's father dies right in front of him, and uh, he's he's sitting there looking at the you know com array, and he's watching this dropship descend and stuff, and everything's supposed to be going to plan, and all of a sudden it just goes to shit. And uh... yeah, I'd like to is...
4: point out that uh, he actually gets killed by a marauder for all you fans out there. <laughs> marauder, marauder. Um, this
0: is this is really the book that sold me on the entire battle to, uh, tech series, and this is why I read more books. Um, what I loved about this book, and I, this is one of my favorites, probably because it's the first one I read, and just because I, I think it's a great book. Um, what what really hooked me on this book is in the beginning, you kind of you don't know really what's going on. This is your fi- first time reading this about this universe. Um, to me, it it painted a brilliant picture of this just shithole world that you'd never want to live in um or live on and the you know the the whole um the structure the the spaceport um and, and the city and it just was a great descriptive beginning didn't really know what was going on learning who the characters were and then all of a sudden you're just thrust into this chaos of you know this sneak attack he sees his father die and it's like intense and so you can really feel what uh grayson is going through and and then you just love the fact that w- what is awesome and and hooked me i know when i was younger especially is that all of a sudden he just kicks ass at everything he does you know he's he, whether he's got dumb luck or skill or combination of all he just succeeds at what he does and so it it's and he's, uh,
1: he, he's hell bent on revenge because i mean oh, you yeah. just watched your father get murdered in front of you and then I think it was a wake-up call, right? Because, I mean, here's this guy. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing my training apprenticeship. to be McGuire And, you know, everyone keeps saying, boy, you need to wake up. This is the real world, right? And I mean, we all go through that. And I, I think we sort of, you know, we can feel for him, especially me. I mean, I'm not as old as Darren, obviously, so a little bit closer to the guy's <laughs> age. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, he basically, he, hits, he, he watches everyone in his life die and or, you know right in front of his eyes and or somewhere else and then basically he gets shot himself and luckily uh how it basically plays out is he's in the castle all this is going down he gets shot in his head and luckily when he's doing this it's it's a skim off his scalp but you know obviously he passes out from the blow and they they thought he shot him in the head because i mean if you've ever been cutting in your head dude it bleeds like a stuck pig and basically he, he wakes up to find that he's in the city uh, his father's mercenary lance has been forced off planet. All of them, all the rest of them, have been destroyed. And there's these, um, the, uh, they, it was, it's sort of. I'm not going to ruin this, the plot for you if you haven't read it, and if you're reading it, but there's these, you know, pirates uh, that have seized the starport and the castle, and uh, you know the population doesn't like his. His father's group for what they were doing and whatnot, and so you know he's sort of an outcast, and uh, it goes into basically him going out to try to find out what's going on, and he stumbles upon one of the other uh, key characters, and um, that is the the dropship pilot that brought the um, pirates down there, and he's in the city, and I think the really cool thing about this is you get a sense of how just useless a person is up against a battle mech. Like they're talking about like the mechs totally. coming to this city and he's got this uh, toolbox and he's going to go pawn it, right? Just for a few bucks. And all of a sudden here comes this stinger and locust through the city. I mean, just, and you, you feel them and hear them coming. And, and we're talking a stinger and a locust. Yeah, 20 tons, you know, depending height on varying, I mean, you're talking, what, six to nine meters tall, which doesn't sound like a lot, but stand up to something directly when it's, you know, two and a half, three stories tall. I mean, pretty big scale. Anyways, here comes a stinger so close to crushing him that he looks over, rolls over, and his toolbox just got smashed into the, you know, ferro crate. Um, and I think the unique thing about this, this novel is not just that, but, um, Grayson is bent hell-bent on revenge. He's been trained, but he never really thought he would have to use it and now It, it sort of thrust him into the leadership role and and the next few chapters after chapter 10 really dive into the, the battle and well, the, you can see the, the fight come to
0: fruition and also you can see some of his special talents um, come to fruition. You know, there's certain things that he brought to the Battletech universe and uh the rest of the book starts to flesh that out. But so is that about the end of chapter ten there that we're at?
1: Yeah, the 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 cool thing um again about I guess the Grey Death Legion and you sort of hit it hinted on it is he introduces or it's been done, but you just don't really see it much, especially in a merc unit. But he introduces infantry versus mech tactics. I mean, you gotta have some balls. I mean, really. I mean, think about this. This is like, you know.
0: Well, in one of the most classic instances is, of course, when he
1: meets his future wife. Yes, and. Uh, but we're we're not gonna. Ourselves. Yeah, we're not gonna spoil that for you. But, yeah. Uh,
3: uh, I I haven't read it recently because I just found out we're doing book of the week, but um. I definitely will never forget that, like the imagery that came into my head when I was reading that scene where he's going up against the stinger. It's just, oh, everybody's <laughs> running in terror. He's the only guy that really knows. Like, okay, this is, might be like really crazy, but it could work if I do this. This one, I don't want to ruin everything, but you know, he has some inside knowledge because he's a trained pilot, so he does his best to employ that, and I just remember it being like a seat of the pants, really suspenseful thing, like, oh my god, can you really pull this off against a mech? And again, 20 ton mech, and compare that to, say, toward the end of the Battletech series where there's just hundreds and hundreds of mech regiments flying around and dying, it really started the series off well and grounded and gave you a sense of awe about mechs in general.
1: And, and the type of conflict and the, the, the setting and time frame. And that's what I'm sort of looking forward to with MWO with it being, you know, 3049. Yeah, we're not getting the 3015. That would have been really, really cool because, I mean, that's around the time frame. All this is happening and then the novels and stuff. But you really get a sense of these high tech machines, right? And all this technology, but yet here's this planet Trailwind, what they're on that's low tech uh there's not like a whole lot going on uh there and yet here's these you know masters of uh, technology just thrumping around but yet guys are running around with like ak's trying to take it down and you're like it's like a yin and yang right you've got just a white and black that's it's crazy to see and uh you know, obviously that starts to shift a lot more towards the later BattleTech timelines. But um, chapters one through ten, it's a it's a good read, and the good things is is it's not just about battle mech and warfare. And I think that's another thing is you get to know the characters, and obviously this is the first one of the the, the first three.
0: I think it's strength this is it's just a total immersion into the Battletech universe. Like It covers all the facets that really have stuck with me ever since, the things that I always look for in the games and so forth.
1: So, all right, guys, we're going to be moving on to uh, MWO. Um, obviously, I want to emphasize, keep updating the wiki. And we hit a milestone, at least on the forum. And that is fifty thousand registered forum users, not registered like your name, but fifty thousand registered forum users. Pretty awesome. It's insane, if you ask me. Um, and how is that, Mason or Mike, trying to? I mean, fifty thousand people. How many? <laughs> how many posts are every I day? I can that job. It. Uh... It's pretty
4: daunting. Ghost and I spend a lot of time reading everything. And then you get threads like My Little Pony and stuff like that, which are added to dozens of posts per
1: day. Like, it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> Hi. Greg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, him, Greg, and Brandon. you can thank the two for contributing to Brony Love and all that underneath so, there
3: shall be no guts, no galaxy. So, it'll be Brony McPilots. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so yeah, obviously, that, that number is increasing and it goes up every day. I mean, if you look at it, uh, you know, today it's almost at 5100 or 51,000. So, you know, I think crazy it's to
0: say, there's some anticipation for this
1: game out there, and there hasn't even been any in game footage. Just I wait know. till GDC comes out. Everyone's freaking, my junk, you're going to be like bonafide, dude. It's going to be great. It's going to be nice images in, in fact, my head, too. may not have a boner right now. <laughs> Is that before or after talking about the bronies? So, you know. <laughs> I think <laughs> he's
4: still stuck and, on and the girlfriend with the sexy voice figure. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Stop having
1: right. the horses, for Christ's sake. <laughs> oh, All right. Alright guys, one thing I want to touch on before we get into what was released today is there was a few things. There was two main things. One was, you know, we were talking about last week of this. some of the things I was a little unsure of and Darren and the guys after talking, you know, as far as the trees, you know, I felt more comfortable. John Clavel um, said, stated something. He said, you know, for instance, instead of looking at it like 3% increase of, like, say, speed or maneuverability or anything like that as far as these skills. He said, how about you look at it as the other way of, you're a new pilot, and so that's, instead of you being at 100% and gaining 3%, you're only at 97%, and until you get better, you don't get to utilize that extra 3%. And, I mean, it was one of those, like, oh, no shit, that's... I mean, that makes perfect sense now if you put it in that perspective, right? Um, and I think it just sort of... We, we kind of
0: touched on that in saying that it was training, you know? It was you becoming well, better at your mech.
1: And I think it was just the way you worded it. I was like, it was like that light bulb. It was like, you know, well, I was like, oh, no shit. It that way, so. so that
0: the light could be shown for Phil And And I,
1: I know I'm not the only one. I mean, hopefully, (laughs) out of the the 51,000 people. So, uh, I just wanted to touch on that, John. uh, Kudos to you for... And that's another thing that's great, is the the feedback there. And then, uh, one other thing that I want to talk about, and we didn't touch on this, um, but we we had mentioned it in the prior um, conversations before podcast, is weapons convergence. Now, uh, we had read it, and I know we had talked about it, but we never really discussed it on the podcast and uh one we were it was a lengthy podcast we just sort of skipped over it but what do you guys think about that what's the first thing that pops in your mind when you hear this weapon convergence isn't that sort of like a reticle and like it shrinking and growing
4: uh, it'd be my understanding that it's uh, it's actually tracking speed of the weapons, like weapons are mounted on gimbals or something like that, and they adjust, finely adjust to distance and speed and things like that of a target. Um, that's, that's my understanding anyway, it could be reticle, shrinking and enlarging, I'm not sure what anyone else thinks.
2: I thought it was more, I read it, I thought it was a bit more, more towards the idea of the tracking computer. The whole fact that you might have a lock-on as far as your uh, target or scanner, but your weapons
1: don't need to also get a lock-on as well. I don't know if I like the weapons lock and Obviously, LRMs or streaks, uh, something like that. Obviously, you have to acquire a lock. But, uh, you know, it's it sparked a huge discussion on the forums. Um, and obviously, we, we, we don't know. Um, so right now, all it is is speculation um but obviously it's important enough to where they implemented it I mean, you could you could assume that um maybe it takes longer for those weapons that you need to lock on to get a to get an actual target lock and that's the convergence or um prediction of you know tracking a target or something like that i mean right now it's we don't know i mean but they've stated it and that was one of the i remember that was that was a big topic at very beginning of when mwo was announced and the forums were up was you know people were asking that and uh you know here we have it and it's there so you know we'll keep an eye out anyways i just wanted to point that out before we move on to today's stuff so let's go ahead and move on to that and you know to our followers if you guys have ideas let us know let us know what you think weapon convergence means granted if it's a phd thesis i'm probably not gonna be able to read it all but Mason, well, so you know, yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> no 5,000 word posts,
1: please. The, uh, the yeah, last yeah. one got old pretty quick, all right, guys. So, uh, dev interview four obviously, it was an interview of some of the devs that we didn't necessarily know. Um, it was actually a really cool read, and some of the, the things I'd like to take out of it was actually from Mech Specs and, and Mason. You're your, your site, or I believe it was you actually, specifically, you took some of the, the key things out of each segment. And I want to lead into the first one. Um, and your first hint was weapons or new weapons. And it basically stated um, Thad's, you know, uh, question or whatever. And he basically said, I love when I find new weapons or like a new mech has new weapons. What do you guys think about that? I mean, we've already touched on variants and there may be different loadouts, obviously, on the different variants, but...
4: That was my interpretation of that post. Um, I mean, all all the basic mech chassis, I mean, we all know what weapons are on our favorite mechs and all that kind of stuff, but what some people may not be familiar with are what the variants come with, so... If that developer logged on one day and he's doing some playtesting and all of a sudden boom there's already existing new weapons on this mech, either one of two things is happening. They're either play balancing the model or they're adding to the model, they're adding variants to that model. That that's
1: what I came up with anyway. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wonder though, if we're gonna be able to customize the weapons themselves for some like fine tuning and stuff like that. I mean that's an option that's never been done, you know, different models of weapons, there's different parts on weapons uh, that, you know, obviously add more to it, so.
2: I think we definitely are going to see that, especially with last week with the mention of the Mech Lab, and then also a few weeks prior of the mention of full customization, I think so, but we probably won't get more details on how it's going to work until probably Mech Warfare.
1: And the second hint we saw was, um, Thad again um, says, or the animations are cooler or the explosions are cooler or the mech falls down or whatever. Now, we've also already had a hint of mechs falling down along with last week with the gyro. Um, I don't know if any of you guys even caught that. Some of you listening, there was a gyro thing on the pilot and mech tree as well that would just like the tabletop you have a chance if you get hit hard it was like what 20 plus damage if your mech sustained there was a chance that you might fall down and it was a piloting role and stuff like that so i mean awesome because you know it needs to be done i think uh with today's technology and the animations imagine being able to just put an AC-20 into someone and just fall on their face. No, no,
0: no. no. Fall into a building and then damage that building as well.
1: And then the building fall on them. Yeah. (laughs) And crushing the little raven. You know? So I definitely like that, and I read that. Um, Another thing we've got was hint three. Uh, And this one was, I like the way you move. And he basically talks about how... Every mech has their own personality um, that it feels... If you're in a light mech, it's gonna you're going to feel nimble. You know, if we're on the complete end of the spectrum, if you're in Assault, you're going to feel like you're in an Assault. And I think that's one thing we've never... Right. I it's think not that's connected. very
3: important, though. And um, EVE Online sort of has this, but not in a real design way. Just sort of a gameplay feel. If you start with a real fast ship, a small ship, like an Interceptor, which would be the equivalent of a light mech. I mean, you can definitely build it so that it, it feels very cool. When you double-click in space somewhere, you're going that direction instantly, and you get there really fast. You contrast that with a capital ship, which would be the equivalent of an assault mech. And it takes you, like, 15 She's got 20, a ass. seconds of just sitting there and watching it turn, and then even once you get to top speed, it's a fraction of, like, 100. It's, it's just pathetically slow. And it definitely gives you a more lumbering feel, so I'm very, very, very happy to know that they're going to have different acceleration, deceleration, probably, from the way they said it, maybe a different gait to a certain mechs. some will be smoother, some will be a bit more plodding. I think that's going to be very important for immersion
4: absolutely i agree with you i think um you know the lighter mechs the faster mechs will be agile mobile and hostile uh the heavier mechs will have more of a lumber to them a a slow steady you know gate of doom kind of thing
1: and the marauder well it just struts all kinds (laughs) of sexy (laughs) warhammer so with that i think what we're going to see with the animations as well is something beautiful i mean it uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use Hawking for example. If you guys haven't been following Hawking as well, it is now going for the PC and stuff. We got a little blurb on our our site about that. If you watch closely on the animations, Hawking, I mean, it's one of those things. It's not like it's crazy animations, but it looks nice. You know, these mechs are like leaning into the like the direction they're going. You can you hear the stomping. You get the feeling. Maybe there's some shake. So now you throw it into. These MWBOs being developed, where you're inside and all this is going on, the the feel for it. I mean, when we watched that, uh, you know, demo of 2015 back in 2009, you got a sense that the Warhammer was something big. You know, yeah, you just felt it. You know, it felt like it 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 weighed 70 tons or it was this monstrous thing. Not to mention the scale next to things. So. I'm looking forward to some cool animations, and I'm wondering how cool those are going to be with animations of getting hit and stuff. Like, are you going to are you going to get rocked back? You know, are Mech's going to be able to get hit from? uh, You know, you're running, you get hit from behind. Are you going to slide on your face? You know, what kind of stuff like that? Um, So, it'll be really cool to see.
3: Something else I got out of the dev blog, or the dev interview blog, was that they're putting a lot more detail then well i remember a couple podcasts ago we were talking about level design and how we were all sort of sort of worried that levels would be either too tight or too i guess easily figure outable like players would you know figure out the best parts to camp and just sort of repeat that over and over again and it would get boring we were concerned about having to find some way around that like player submitted levels or something but from the sound of this interview it sounds like they're very aware of that problem and the the team that's designing the levels is extremely committed to having replayable levels that are very vast and with largeness will hopefully come complexity so there's a lot of stuff to fight over and fight in and around and under and over and
0: yeah but in between
3: you and the other guy you know
0: it seems like they're covering everything they're co- which also is uh, included in one of these upcoming hints. Size matters, but the the maps are enormous, kilometers big, and but they're not just you know they've they've thought about in every instance of where you are on the map, are you going to have perspective so you can feel the, you know how big you are? Um, there's going to be it sounds just like lots and lots of uh, just everything on every map
1: lots of detail so it's going to have size and detail and i think it's just going to be brilliant and with that you know is the sense that if you're walking around in your mech and and this is one of the things that uh, i'm hoping they capture is if i walk out my door and i was to you know climb up and get in a mech and i just walked around my neighborhood that sense of yeah i'm big uh you know i'm in this thing but I know my my scale, like I look over, I'm like, okay, a tree is that big, a two-story building is this big, you know, I, you know I'm eye-level with this or that, or oh, so from up here, that's how big my, you know, uh, CBR looks, you know, just sitting there. Stuff like that, and I think they hinted on that quite a bit, you know, saying little objects, you know, you're walking around, uh, noticeable and, and tangible that you can pick out, you know, mailboxes and stuff, obviously, so... You know, and CryEngine 3, it, it's going to deliver um, it. You know, like they said, they're they're going to do it. So one of the other cool things I thought was um, they talked about the thermals, uh, different optics, thermals, eyeballs and um the Magnus. I'll just say mag scan. That's what I'm going to call it. Now, with that, they said, yeah, you have all these cool tools, but you need to keep your eyes open. You can't just rely just on, you know, your instruments. This is a combination of utilizing a tool, but also utilizing your own personal tools. And this, the reason I find this so unique is it's the same damn thing when we we're doing our training on our tank. Um, you know, you got to keep your eyes open. Yeah, we had thermals. Yeah, we have night vision. We have all these cool things. But if you're not paying attention, here's this dude with an RPG sneak up behind you. You know, you got to keep your eyes open. I like that Situational awareness
0: Yes, I've Uh, heard you say that many times Yeah, I know
1: I'd like to
3: throw in one more thing Um,
1: Yes
3: (laughs) I don't Whoa, that was really loud What was that? That was my phone telling me I got an email But for some reason it's like five times as loud Is
1: Sully there right now? (laughs) With Mulder?
3: (laughs) Scully. Scully What kind of nerd are
1: you? (laughs) I didn't follow it, sorry Um, (laughs) Sully. So, I
3: don't know if it's Omid or Omid, um, but he, one of the devs in the interview says, I both love and dread the thought of bringing the first clan mech into the game. And it goes on to say, uh, So, even though I care about balance and care about how different mechs at different chassis interact, when the clans arrive in our timeline, a part of me really wants to bring over that first clan mech in all its unbalanced, overwhelming glory, I want to say, quote, to hell with balance. Things weren't fair. This is the way it happened. End quote. Yes, sir. You, <laughs> you, you have support. I know there's going to be some people that're going to, they're going to whine and moan, but uh, I think the balance should not be in the tech. You should not worry about the clans mechs being balanced with InterSphere mechs. Handle it another way. Handle it an RP way. Handle it a tonnage way. Handle it in a logistics way. Handle it in a scarcity way. Like the clan should be represented accurately and I really would love to have the experience of going through the clan invasion on either side, either the clan side or on the inner sphere side, getting the, the stuffing kicked out of me all the time by these incredibly powerful warrior gods, you know, you know and that's I'm what they totally... looked like when they first came in man, I want to live that experience so yes, I hope you do that
0: I'm inner sphere all the way, but I have to say that was a beautiful statement and, and got me all charged up on that too.
1: Well, and we're talking about you know, it, and this is a topic that'll could go on and on and on, especially it has gone on and on and on. Um, obviously they're they're doing things the tabletop brought, you know, joy to us. You know, we like stuff from the tabletop, but you can't take direct numbers from the tabletop and whatnot. We do know that mechs were lighter faster they were more efficient for the most part heat Um, their engines were different their weapons now the weapons systems I'm interested to see what they went if they went with more of what Randall was saying or if they went with the whole range and blah 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 either or the one thing to me though is if, if I'm in a IS mech that weighs 50 tons and Greg you're in a clan mech that weighs 50 tons If we're going head-to-head, you should have a slight advantage due to the actual battle mech just being a better battle mech, right? Maybe more weaponry, you're faster, you're more efficient. But at the end of the day, it comes down to that pilot. One of the things as far as role play that I don't think we'll ever be able to experience unless we have PVE is clan warriors were trained from like five years old until whenever, you know, you you fought them. And so whereas on the flip side, most inner sphere warrior uh, mech warriors started around, you know, 10, 11, 12. They went into a, you know, mech warrior apprentice and they went up from there. And then the quality was very, very depending. So I will say that I do agree that they can balance things with price. MWL does price clan weapons, clan mechs. They're more expensive. Uh that's one way that you can do it. Scarcity, that's not gonna happen. They've already clearly stated that all mechs will be accessible to everyone, all equipment will be accessible to everyone. But we don't know about the clans if that's gonna be true or not. We don't know yet. So uh but I love the statement. I thought Why not? Just do it. You know, 'cause if you're if you're a crap pilot, well, you're gonna get your ass handed to you. So mm-hmm. you better Better be prepared for that, especially at repair costs.
3: I mean, if it was entirely up to me, I I think I've talked about this idea in one of our previous casts, I would have some sort of a limited live event period, or maybe you approach a couple of the top-ranked players, or the most interested RP players. I don't know how you would screen them or whatever, but get them together and have those be the initial clan wave, maybe backed up by NPCs and then sort of open things up to everybody once that event is over. Um, but yeah, if you just want to talk straight gameplay, uh, Phil here has much more MechWarrior experience than me. He's been playing of Legends for a long time. Most of my experience has been with the PC games, the official releases, and I'm so out of practice. So you could stick me in a Direwolf. It's not going to be... It's not going to do much good if he's in just about anything, especially with the way information warfare is going to play out, because he would probably beat me up pretty bad. Oh, that's, but what? I would like to think that that is not taken into account, and you just have the mechs how they're supposed to be. Faster, lighter, more armored, um, with weapons that are more efficient on heat, maybe hit slightly harder, definitely hit slightly further, and cost may not be the best balance in a persistent world game Eve has had that issue um, but uh, I mean something has to be done there so that you just don't completely run over everybody and that uh, clan weapons become the standard and that sphere players can't even compete against other sphere players unless they play the clan upgrade game and uh, I think that last bit
1: yeah, and that last bit was really important. So, we're looking forward to seeing what you guys, the devs, uh, for those listening. And by the way, we'd like to say thanks to, um, we hope we pronounce it right, Omid, or, you know, we don't really know how to pronounce your first name, but, and all the other devs for listening, uh, you know, you heard it straight from them. Um, I know FD says he listens when he's all sweating and hot and, you know, sweaty and nasty and stuff. He says he's working out, but I'm just saying... Um, yeah, but anyways, you know, let's move on, uh, to the next bit. Um, and that is one of the things Brandon's, uh, Brandon saw was, and this is from Kevin. We have a ton of huge MechWarrior fans on the team, obviously. And some of our best contacts at Crytek are the guys who worked on MechWarrior Living Legends mod. Now I can't go too far down that road, uh, but I can say that for those who have followed um uh mwl that was uh brothers i believe um uh, yeah it was two brothers who started it criminal and and um uh, i believe it was mascari i think that's what he went by um but i I've, I've actually talked to criminal a few times but they work at crytek and they, and they got hired because of the the mod and their work and stuff with CryEngine 2 so that means people who one initially had an a investment in Battletech and MechWarrior and went out on their own way, got hired, and now they're sort of assisting as far as the engine and I'm sure what its capabilities are. So, again, um, I think this game is in good hands, you know? So I think that just goes again to show that almost everyone on their team has or is still playing mech games. I mean, and that's that's reaffirming, you know? Yeah, I love how they said that they'll boot up whatever
0: version of the game they think they need to to check something out, and it just sounds. Yeah, I agree. It Sounds comforting that it's going to be a good product
1: in the end. Let's move on to the interesting forum post by uh, the staff, and uh, again, we'd like to thank our ninja forum stalker Brandon Catchkill. And sorry, Paul, he's under strict orders. I mean, if you throw something away in your trash and it disappears, hey, man. It's public property now. So uh also wanted the... to know
2: that Paul, eat your goddamn vegetables. I'm tired of <laughs> <through> that shit. <laughs>
1: Alright, we've got Brian and uh the question was in regards to buying mechs and pilot points, pay to win, um and he basically said, Sure, you can buy the mech, but you still need to spend the time to level it up and earn the points and again it doesn't matter if you're a crap pilot, you can buy it. it's like sort of like uh, I guess the difference if you world the tanks, you can buy the low, but I'm gonna turn around and blow you up with, like an E50 or whatever. So whatever. Um, their focus is going to be on matchmaking. Um, they're going to focus on these things: get you into the game quickly, make sure you uh, the game experience as smooth as possible, and then uh, make sure your opponent uh, is a challenge. You know, you should be facing someone equal, better and worse for a wide range, uh, you know, because of learning, challenge, and the the sort of, you're going to have a variety to go up against. Are you saying for people
0: like me?
2: (laughs) The way that Brian explained it, the reason he wants someone that's equal, better, and worse is in that order. Uh, Learn from someone who is better than you. Challenge uh, against someone who is equal to you. And then the person who is worse than you, they learn something by teaching. There you go.
1: Ooh. and i think i think you've said that darren haven't you when you said you've talked about mwl and like don't just go in there and think you're just sit the. sit
0: back and watch the better players and learn from their you know what they've learned in their time
1: all right the next one is by brian himself and he says by only one mech and max it out you will not go up more levels uh he said the goal is for players to use a variety of mechs for specific situations um, and then he says, highly noticeable when you take uh, in the maps and game types at launch. Uh, do you know what, sort of what he was talking about there, Brandon?
2: Yeah, uh, basically he was ref- referencing to um, he- how he wants players to use a variety of mechs in specific situations. And he said you will really notice the ideal mechs and the ideal uh, situations you want to be put yourself in. Uh, at launch, in regards to the game types and the types of maps that they're launching with, so one might be a flat open plane, and if that's the case, you might want a couple of light maps besides, say, a group of mediums.
1: And I think the cool thing about this, and if they have done that um, system, Michael, you were talking about earlier with the the variants, is I I don't think you'll see boating. Be such a huge issue, you know, and uh, we've talked about that. And how, in my opinion, it sort of ruined uh mech three. Um, I really didn't enjoy some of it, especially competitive play because players will min max just to win. And it basically resolved into there's a flat map, okay. LRMs, even mech four, you saw it. I mean, even even that was sort of abused to an extent. Uh, depending, but that was because uh, I would say the environment and, and maps themselves. All right, we've got Brian in his last post, and he says, you won't be able to buy into faction units and positions. He said, he goes on to say, um, you know, that <laughs> he makes a little joke that he's seen war. He's seen a Jenner take down an Alice and stuff like that. But as far as the, the faction units and positions, what did he mean by that, Brian?
2: Uh, People were concerned that with the option to buy mechs uh, and also in reference a little bit I think it's the same thread uh, the guy was building up on if you buy mechs will you be able to earn pilot points with that bought mech the answer is yes but once again you still have to spend time in that mech just by spending money in the game and buying the mech does not put you up even higher into the faction and higher into the ranks of the faction Okay,
1: So again he's Brandon, the forum ninja, and he catches everything. Actually, I had to have him edit it down to just a few because he like put like 20 of them. So, you know, the, you can also follow along the devs. Uh, there's ways to do it. How do you follow them? like uh,
2: Simply, I click their name. So, for example, I go to Paul because he doesn't let me looking at him. So, you click his name, and then it says posts, and it gives you, I think it's the top or the newest five posts in order of which you post. That's how you find them. <laughs> and that
0: feature will no longer work as of today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's gone. Thanks, thanks, Brandon. All right, guys, we're going to be moving on to the community questions, forum questions, Facebook, uh, our website. Uh, we've got um, the first one is Halfanax, and this is a this is sort of a big one, and. What was he talking about here specifically, and then we'll dive into some of his questions, Brandon.
2: Uh, let me pull it up here, uh, so I can actually get the full dialogue. Um, in dev blog, it's in reference to dev blog three, and it suggested a triple layer of specialization for mechs. Uh, the first one was battle mech tree, the second one was pilot skill tree, and the third one was module unlock at certain interval intervals within the pilot skill tree. Now the newest. Uh, dev blog suggests that there's now only two layers of specialization. First one is the battle mech tree, and the second one is the unlocked modules. Um, he later goes on to say that personally, he found the first system much more interesting and allowed a great deal of more role specialization. Uh, and in the second example, I, he sees things becoming more limiting. Uh, instead of being able to have a scout hunter killer as an example, you'll end up with scout tier one and then scout tier two, where one scout is just a little bit more efficient at scouting with less scout, uh, experienced scouts. So his question to us is which do you prefer? A hyper specialized system, as uh, suggested in the Dev Blog 3, or a more skill based system, as in Dev Blog 4?
0: So we're suggesting the Dev Blog 4 is saying that. The pilot tree no longer, pilot skill tree
1: no longer exists, or what? I yeah. guess what he's
2: hinting at.
1: Um, no, I, I think he's missing think something a big here. Assumption. I think yeah, I think we've got battle mech tree, we've still got the pilot skill tree, and then you've still got the modules. I mean, and I don't see. I mean, in dev blog, um, what was it two or what is he referring to? Dev block four three. Three and four. Three where it suggests all three trees
0: and t- four where it su- evidently suggests two. But I'm guessing there's some kind of misunderstanding here because they're not going to announce the pallet tree and then it's gone. It, that just doesn't make yeah. sense.
3: Well, they have said that everything they've posted up so far is subject to substantial revision. So That would
1: certainly be substantial. Well, they, they've said the everything mind. they've announced is part of the, the core though. They've said that, yes, it can change, but I don't know why they would announce one thing and then turn around. I I still think... My
0: understanding is that the change is more fine-tuning rather than just, oh, let's get rid of the pilot skill tree. Yes, and that goes on with what he said later,
2: which is, alternatively, do you think this was just something that was poorly stated or one of the uh, dev blogs was lost in translation from one blog to the next?
1: I didn't really lose anything. I mean, I always assumed you had the, the battle mech tree, you had the pilot tree um you know obviously they sort of go hand in hand but then you also have the modules for each mech and what that those unlocks i mean i didn't really felt i mean did you guys i mean michael and
0: i think sometimes you can perceive you know people can perceive the same information in different ways and um i didn't perceive the information in the same way here so um you know i we can speculate up to you
1: yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I really don't like to speculate too much. I mean, they they've stated uh, this is what it is. I don't, I don't. I guess just some confirmation on that or, or something um, because it looks like it's a little worded uh, weirdly. If it's one thing I've learned with dev
4: posts and trying to interpret them, on any given Sunday, anything can change. So I mean, right up until release, they could yank portions out, uh, revise it remove it, re-release it. Pretty much they can do whatever they want until they release cold, hard, solid facts, and then things are set in stone.
3: Yep, that's why uh, even Eve, I say, I'm not excited about it until I see it in the patch notes. <laughs> and things are... I'm not saying that's what's happening here. I'm just saying that it is a realistic possibility that um, you know they just decided to go a different direction with it. It could just be a simple carelessly worded thing and he didn't really even mean to say anything about that in the way that we're reading into it and, and we'll if it's just, just an air... a quick post to fix that if, that's if it's just an
1: extra layer of cake you know just go through to the next layer of cake it's one of those things where you know they may have just said oh you know what let's just not even worry about that but let's move on to our next community question that's outlaw and crazy ivan aka strudel and their question is set number or max number of points available to invest in skill tree. Uh, and they said, you know, reference to um, WOW really work, and other, other MMOs. And they say basically, which allows players to customize uh, the customization of the gameplay while keeping balance. What are your thoughts and type on the system? Well, I guess my question or my answer to this question would be. I don't think you should ever limit a player. Um, I think that the 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 pilot tree. If I go from a light mech all the way to a assault mech, if I learn the skills and put the time into, um, and I maxed out the light, mediums, heavies, and I move on to assault or whatever, or even the just pilot skills, I think it should transfer up the tree. Um, so. That that's how I feel. I don't know if you limit someone because if you limit someone, then you have to give the ability to like do what's called like a remap and eve. You know, if I put all this time into one tree, and then I decide, well, I don't really like it. Well, if it's hard coded and I'm not allowed to earn any more points, then you're sort of stuck and you're screwed. That ain't gonna happen. I mean, so you
4: think they should allow for respecking?
1: I I think there just shouldn't be a limit. Uh, You know, I think if you want to, I mean, eventually it'll it'll basically mean that players depending on how many points you have to get or how long it takes i think you'll see players that are really really maxed out as far as skills and skill trees and max
0: see i i kind of have to disagree with you here just because of my experience with a lot of other mmos and and so i've seen this kind of skill tree and what i think that they're going to do with it um i am assuming that they're going to have a max number of skill points and then you can apply that as you want You can be a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, or you can be a master of one and pretty good at another or something like that. Um, And what I think that adds is just more, you know, role-specific characters rather than just a bunch of I'm good at everything all the time.
3: Yeah, I'm with uh, Bombadil here. League of Legends does this. Um, Matrix does this. Eve has a very different skill-training paradigm entirely. For very good reasons. Um,
0: yeah,
1: Eve but, was... Well, uh, what I'm saying is, fun. like... So you're saying, alright, if it max, let's just say... Uh, you can earn up to only 2,000 points for your player or whatever, right? But Just make it easy. Let's say you could earn...
0: Uh, you know, each skill tree can go up 20 points. So all three would take 60 points. But you only get, say, 30 points total. Um, so you can... Go all the way up one tree and partially up another if you want to have some secondary skills. It might. Then
1: would you allow a remap basically? And then to be able to say, well, oh, I changed my mind.
0: Yeah, respec. Lately, most games uh, in free to play as well uh, offer respecs, whether the respec costs gold or something else, you know, but you're allowed to respec. So you're not completely stuck to it, but you have more role specific characters rather than just everybody's good at everything and you want to
1: see people bouncing around but the problem is well it, it, that sort of forces the the I, well I, it's a good thing right because i mean that would mean you'd have to you better know what you're clicking and you're assigning or else you know you can screw yourself in the long end or maybe it'll cost you some gold or whatever you know premium stuff um but is that it's, the route? It's typically a
0: learning experience, you know? So sometimes yeah. you do have to respec. You know, I've played games where I get in there, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm applying skill points. And then, you know, once I start to get my head wrapped around the game, I go, well, hell, why did I do that, you know? And so there may be some aspect of that, but who knows? I mean, they're, they're, they're coming after all these other examples of this. So kind that of means thing that's happened. if you, know, you I, go down like. League
3: has, the... League has like a 30 point thing you can assign. And you can re rearrange that as much as you want. Um, they give you like a number of pages that you can create that have different combinations of those points. Um, and there's two layers of it, which is sort of analogous to the the uh, pilot skill and the mech tree skill in BattleTech, but eh, not exactly like we're talking about. But the the idea is that you can rearrange them as much as you like. And you know if if MechWare online wants to monetize their rearrangement, okay, but I think that free to play games have already established that you can go both ways with that. And it really depends how they want to do it.
1: Could you just limit? Because you don't want people bouncing around, right? Uh, left and Why not? right.
4: Well, see, the good thing is you'll have websites like mechspecs.com, which everyone should go (laughs) register at, which will help you uh, narrow down what it is that you're trying to do and what it is that you're trying to achieve with pre existing models already put up there.
0: I think that's a good point, and uh, definitely should check out his website. And, you know, I think basically there's a lot of different options for what we're talking about out here, and we're just going to have to wait and see what more info we get from the dev.
1: Shush, you voice of reason. We do not listen.
3: Let's go down on this. PK, why why <laughs> would it be said. a bad thing to have players be able to bounce around? no, why no, no. that's I be why I own a scout mech and an assault mech and decide for a few matches I want to play my scout mech and take the appropriate pilot skills and modules for that. And then if I want to do the assault mech the next day, you know, I don't have to go and spend five bucks or whatever to Re- respec to more appropriate pilot and module skills. No, and, and that's
1: that. what I agree with, because I mean they've clearly stated Battle mechs themselves that's why they're having variants right they said every battle mech envirom- or environment will be different than the other so one variant may be better suited so I agree what I'm saying is um, it'll be interesting to see what limitations because just like they said of, of players bouncing units and whatnot and bouncing back and forth you don't want it too much but on the flip side just like you stated why shouldn't you be able if if you've maxed out the scout uh you know you've maxed out one skill tree but you're switching to another you should still be able to carry those points over to the other now you know uh is i guess the question now would be which we still don't know would be are all of the roles the same amount of xp at the end you know what i'm saying like if you max out one you go to the other it's all maxed out already I definitely think so.
2: I think it's going to be one of those carryover Typically. things where your character's going to have a total amount of experience to get, and it's just not going to be specific roles. So your character will have, for example, the first level, you're going to need a 1,000 experience. Okay, you got your 1,000 experience. You now have one point, which you can invest in any three of the trees. If you want to respec, it just wipes those trees and gives you all your points back.
1: So exactly. if you're going to give the ability to basically switch between... Um, would it be a problem um, if you just let, let's say I started going up this, the scout tree, I decided I want to go to the mediums, a sort of brawler assault or whatever, and you still keep all your stuff in scout, but obviously it's a different tree, and you start learning that tree as well.
3: Well, there's, there's two trees, remember? There's the trees for your mech specifically, and then your overall pilot, right?
1: So yeah, and, and I don't I'm see talking about
3: big issue. I think your your pilot skills should carry over, and that's where the remapping comes in. But obviously, maybe your your earn variant specific points, like if you're really good at a particular type of the locust, and that's what you've been training. And if it's tied to the mech chassis, it'll probably stay with the mech chassis if you decide to switch.
1: Well, I'm saying but there should be some carriers. Can you here. do it without having to do remaps? I mean, you know, the, if I invested. all Big difference
0: between you know only having a limited number and having to choose what you want to do, or being able to do them all, is that the ones that have to choose, that means they're not going to have the special you know the the highest uh, benefit for each tree, where they may be you know people rocking around with just basically too much power. They're limited to what they can, what their special attack is, yeah. or their special ability, or where if you have somebody that can just train everything, then they're going to be, you know, just basically gods walking around. Clanners, I well, guess. Well, not
2: even that as well. You also got to think that if you're able to max everything, there's no limit. At the end, when everyone's hitting the higher levels, everyone's going to be the exact same. There's going to be no role-specific person if everything right. is the exact same. With a limit, a set number, uh, an amount and able to respec and map them out with a set amount of points, you're going to be able to customize a lot more. You're going to see a, a lot more um, different, uh, different different differentiation in people's um, pilot, uh, how they want to set up their pilots, and you're just going to see a huge, huge difference in the way um, people are going to be playing.
1: All right, guys. Hold on.
3: I think the key thing is that they've emphasized over and over and over again that this is going to be a role warfare-based game, and in order to do that efficiently, I think you're going to need to have a situation where people can't do everything the best at once to think you're also because it's free to play, you're not going to be able to lock people in. They're just not going to stand for it. So, that's rough. We I'm shall see.
1: On. All right, we're going to move on to the next question and it's by Frantic Pride, and he's actually a frequent person on the forums. And his question uh and we've actually talked about this one before and he said it was basically in regards to well, what do you think they're going to do about merc units creating like strategic alliances? And do you think they should worry about that and whatnot? And to be honest, I guess we really don't know. I think it'll really depend on the contract system and how advanced that gets. I mean, obviously uh, the cool thing about this is it's, it's, you know, it'll be based off skill. If that, those, that merc groups really good and they defend and you can't get them off the planet. You shouldn't be able to, Uh, But on the flip side, they shouldn't be able to use uh, game mechanics to basically hold planets and they can never be taken away. So uh, really, we don't know much about that. And we've already talked on it somewhat in length in the past. So um, do you guys have any comments in regards to that as well?
3: well? Just that the match system that they've talked about for planetary control makes it somewhat unnecessary to have strategic alliances. And even if they were to exist... They would not be as significant in a pure sandbox game like Eve because you'll still have a 12 vs 12 limit cap, and the series of matches is going to be determining who wins. Now, uh, and it sounds like you know a merc unit that controls a planet is going to get the resources from that planet, so it's not like you can split it up and have two or three mercs on the same planet, splitting it three ways or something like that. At least they haven't mentioned that that's going to be an option a lot of it is, is like phil said is going to depend on how they actually implement this and we haven't really seen too many details about it but from what they've said so far i would not be overly concerned that um mercs are going to form these grand alliances like you might find that Evil online
1: the blob and you can never break them and i agree right. all right guys let's move on to our last question this was actually by the i'm assuming paul because uh, he handles the, the comments on Facebook I believe uh, correct me if I'm wrong Paul and uh, the question was what surprises you the most about MWO so far and that was to the NGNG crew um, Darren you want to take a stab at that first
0: um, what surprises me most yeah about you know MWO well you blindsided me there didn't you I mean, you know. If you want to think about it, i <laughs> go. for it. I'll think about it. All right. Right out of the box. Free to play.
2: There you go. First, okay. one of the first things we've learned. One of the first things that startled me. I was expecting, after seeing the MechWarrior 5 teaser, I was thinking, hey, I want to go to the store. I want to pick this game up. Throw down 60 bucks. Go home. Install it. It's going to be a blast. No. Free to play. No. Well, besides microtransaction. Uh, no cost to give it a try.
4: Michael Jackson? Um, what?
2: everything. It's going to be just the yeah. whole free-to-play system. It was a complete
0: blindside. I wasn't surprised, but I think it's awesome, and that they couldn't have done it in a in a better format. Um, I, I figured what mine is now. I think what mine, my biggest surprise is just that it exists, that it's happening. You already know, just from when we first met, that basically I've been waiting for this game since, you know, 99. So my biggest surprise is still that it's it's happening and we're going to get this game.
3: And yeah, they already tucked mine. <laughs> <So what> about... <laughs> that it's actually going to happen and that I'm not going to have to pay anything out of pocket to play it. <laughs> what um, about you? I guess my third thing would be uh, the size of the community and how active it's been. I was really overwhelmingly shocked at the just the ground self-support the game has gotten, the forums have gotten. I mean, I know we had a couple hardcore players and modders around but the the numbers of people that are hitting this site listening to our podcast actively engaged in the forums lining up ready and waiting to play in this game is just incredible
1: what about you michael do you have anything in particular that you it surprised you about MWO? um yeah
4: i would say it would be the community i mean every day i'm dealing with new fires and new interesting things to uh to read and delete and move and I mean, some of the ideas you people come up with are just totally off-the-wall things I would never thought of, but once you sit down and you think about it, you're like, that would be really cool. And then uh, to find out, you know, the devs are implementing that, or they're listening, and they're taking heart to what people say, and they're like, yeah, that would be cool, we should put that in. I mean, I think the, the interactivity between the devs and the community is just, it's great. I've never seen it before in any other online game. Would the uh, Marauder surprise you? I would love that I mean if someone Came up to me Tomorrow and said Guess what Here's your Marauder I'd be tickled pink
1: And then with me What surprised me The most about MWO Hmm That's a tough one Um You know I would I would probably I don't know if I've had Any surprises The Centurion I, I will I'm not gonna lie I mean I joked around And was like Oh it'd be cool To see it And what But I I did not expect um, you know the centurion especially. You still feel like you had a hand in that, don't you? I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I mean, I asked for it. You ask and you shall receive. <laughs> I mean, just you know, uh, appreciate it, guys. If you, if you uh, uh, um, no, I would say that for me. Uh, everything else has just been icing on the cake. I mean, the community has been been phenomenal, and uh, that the feedback and I think a lot of people are are, are so excited. I mean, just like Darren said, uh, when we'd be playing, when he got me into World of Tanks, I was thinking, yeah, I'd be like, dude, he'd be like, yeah. And I was like, imagine if these were mechs. <laughs> walking through these buildings. Walking Everything we these were buildings.
0: playing, we were like, oh, it'd be so cool to be walking across this field in the mech right now.
1: Or, you know, playing MWLL, you know, uh, going in there and just having a blast, doing open merc nights, you know, one death, one life. You drop, we record it do fraps and we do all these videos and stuff a lot of cool things so organized competitive play all right guys speaking of mwl we're going to move into our mechware living legends segment and uh that was smooth <laughs> big news here <laughs> yeah big news if you want if you play you should already know but um 5.5 was released now i'm not going to sit here and write like talk about every single thing that was changed because it was actually a substantial update. Now you may say, eh, you know what was changed about it? Well, they did balanced changes, and I'm talking from every single mech they have in the game every variant almost, they made a, a change. Uh, they also updated the ACs, UACs, all that fun stuff. Um, I've spent the past few days playing, I think a few of us and the, the guys were up to like 5.30 in the morning, 6 in the morning playing last night, killing some uh, you know ELH members. Good guys out there. They were uh, giving us a, a hard fight. Um, it was I, sandblasted. Uh, I spent some time
0: uh, duking it out with flying debris, which was a lot of fun. He uh, pretty much kicked my ass. <laughs> he, he's, he loves those... Uh, VTOL. You know, he,
1: yeah. Oh, my God. He was in one... Yeah, I, I shot him uh, and...
0: They're they're no less annoying than they've always been, but, you know, kudos to those who know how to fly
1: (laughs) them. Yeah, I think I hate them. But, um, so, obviously with the release, um, I mentioned last podcast that they're they're in development of two, well, I should say, two Clan Mechs are coming out soon, um, and then a IS Heavy. Um, I can't say what those are right now. Um, I know the... Lear will let me know when I can and we may even actually have him on the show to, to let the community know but they're, they're close guys uh, and they're badass looking I'm just throwing that out there um, but something he did let me know is they're, they're going to focus on a few other things um, some of you guys may not know MWL actually has a Solaris Arena and it was really cool because it came out really really fun X amount of maps they had Duncan Fisher himself Um, it was a blast, but one of the problems was it had a hard limit as 16 players. Well, if you've got a server that has 24, 28 players, and then it switches over to SA, uh, map or mode or whatever, and it kicks out half your players, that's not cool. So, um, I believe what they're going to be doing is re looking at that and maybe, or probably, um, making that player limit to whatever you want. So, if you have a server of 30, 32, you can do that many. And possibly even larger SA maps, which kudos because it is fun. Granted, I can't play it for hours on end, but it would be a nice, like, you know, lull between doing a test of strength map or a TC, boom, right into an SA. It's really really fun
0: and also for any of you that are mw4 fans and love the arena on there you really got to check out duncan fisher in this i mean they just did an amazing thing bringing him back into the game franchise
1: did you walk out like in a timberwolf and be like oh look at that kitty or he'll he'll be like oh boom headshot did you see that blah blah i mean they've got like 60 different things he says and they're all like on cue with what happens uh, the maps are really cool, They're really playable. I really love them. You've got fireworks going I mean, you, you name it, it it's fun. Um, hey, so I got that's an
0: email from one of our listeners, uh, Gritonymous. He uh, just bought the game, and so uh, he and he wants to bring his unit to our TS3. So uh, hopefully we'll see you on here, Gritonomous. And anybody else that uh, wants to do that too, this is a good time to get into MWL because they are really doing a lot of cool stuff with it, and, and you'll want to be on there for the mechs that are coming out
1: yeah it's definitely cool and um an- another thing is they're going to be focusing on um a few other options uh they're going to be focusing on air assets aerospace uh they know there there's some balance issues there they know that and and lear is going through with a hacksaw and, and the fixing it you mean uh yeah <laughs> about that um uh, some of them are way op and and he's aware and again he's he's admitted when he was on here there's been a lot of people with their hands in the cookie jar and he finally closed that um and then there's some cool stuff that they're hoping to implement over the next few weeks and look at and that's tanks and sort of and i like this idea but tanks being able to get tracked uh maybe their turret uh damage stuff like that um their you know power to the engine and stuff because you know tanks work a little bit different than mechs so they are doing that and they're going to be shooting for um 5.6 around late february with the clan epona hover tank uh and two around one to two new tc maps aerospace balance um, and some tanks balance mechanics so um you know uh, a lot of work goes into these guys and uh you know i I love playing it. I got on last night, I've been on for the past nights, just plugging away. Um, and actually, you know, we said it on the show, but to hear someone's voice last night and say, man, this game is so much fun when you're just on comms with someone and coordinating and just, hey, you're on my back, yeah, I'm on your six. All right, we're, we're rolling for it. Hey, that, we've got a new zeal. He, he's, yep, he's shooting us with like us. He's way out there, blah, blah, blah. Well, let's go this way. Let's take this. Let's do this. Hey, you see that? It, I mean, everything you love about it, utilizing TS3 is, is awesome. So, and it's not just us. We don't get anything for you being on here. It, just be a part of the community. That's that's what, that's what why I started this whole push for outreach. And, uh, you know, you guys are on here right now. So there we have it for MWLL. Um, our next uh, segment would, is... Nope, go ahead.
3: I would just like to say that Phil definitely doesn't have a piece of software on the server that will give him one dollar every time you log on. I just want to assure everyone that that is not the case. And no, any suggestions to the contrary are sheer slander.
1: No, it'd be nice. No, not gonna lie. Um, I've always thought about being at FC and Eve and being able to get paid to stay home. The truth just is, every time somebody joins a server, he has this electrode hooked up to a certain part of his body.
3: People keep saying
1: ease. Man, I'm on the wrong court. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It would be great. You know, I mean, sounds like a great idea to me. All right, guys. We're going to be moving on to our uh, next segment, and that's Mechware Tactical Command. No new news. Um, nothing on their website, nothing on Facebook. The threads over at MechTech have sort of been um, inactive, but obviously. To, I do know. <laughs> well, I do know uh, from MechTech. Uh, and this is collaboration and dialogue. Through when they can, they are going to contact me and let me know when they can talk. So, just FYI, um, whenever they're ready. Uh, same thing with uh, Solaris Assault Tech. They basically said, "Hey, just just wait, and uh, when the time comes, we'll let you know." So we'll have them on the show whenever the news comes out. The one thing I would like to mention is with Prop Wash uh, last week, uh, Nick. He actually, they went live with a news release of um, uh, a franchise that uh, Red Planet, I believe, if that's the correct. Uh, that's correct. And Red Planet was a, one of those games that was built into the, um, the virtual it many pods. times. C- can you tell us what it's about? Because I actually have never played.
0: Uh, it's not a Mac-based game, so it had other types of vehicles, if I can remember. I can't remember if they were Hover or not, but you're just basically racing through tunnels and shooting each other. And uh, it was just another 3D, you know, three-dimensional environment type sim game.
1: Okay. I so, definitely uh,
0: preferred the Battletech stuff, the MechWarrior stuff, but it was it was fun too. Yeah,
1: in the little blurb it says basically Red Planet was the first non-Battletech game added to the TELS pods. And it was racing through mini mining tunnels of Mars using vectored thrusting, mining hovercraft... Uh, you know, so um, they've just basically made an announcement about that. You can check it out at www.mechjock.com. That's m-e-c-h-j-o-c-k.com, and uh, get all the news and updates on that. So, I'd
0: also like to encourage our listeners to check out MechTech themselves, m-e-k-t-e-k.net, and if you see any news or information on there that we might miss, uh, you know, post it on our uh, Facebook page or get a hold of us and let us know so that we don't miss anything.
1: So we're coming to the end of this podcast. And again, uh, I'd like to encourage you guys, uh, to, to be active on no guts, no galaxy, you know, the, the website active on MWO forms, Facebook, stop by. I know a lot of guys, you guys don't like Facebook. Maybe you have an account and you never really use it. Stop by no guts, no galaxy. Give us a like, we're, we're trying to build a actual number of like listeners. Like how many people are out there? And, uh, Every little bit helps. Every little bit of data and information we can collect. Um, and anyway, yeah, and you know. we keep saying our website,
0: but it's just in case somebody's like, well, what is your damn website? It's uh, no guts, no So visit us.
1: Do it. And one last thing before we get off here. Um, again, I would just like to say thank you to Alex. Uh, we've been missing you, dude. And again, Adam uh, for the website. And which, by the way, he's a unit leader for Jade Falcon. He'll be interested to see what they do for role-playing for MWO. Uh, But again, dude, uh, bravo. Uh, He's been here in the background helping us uh, still, even though he's at school and working and all that fun stuff. So, uh, Michael, it's been great to have you. Yes, yes. Michael, it's been great having you on the show, and uh, I will be staying in contact with you, and we'll have you on another time when we have more info about the mechs and and customization. For sure. Thanks for having me.
0: I definitely enjoyed my time here. And guys, get to Mechspecs as well. That's M-E-C-H-S-P-E-C-S dot com, and check that site out.
1: Alright guys, this has been your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWarrior podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show.
0: This
2: is Philip. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as CatraCal.
3: This is Craig.
1: Until next time, MechWarriors. <laughs>